California's Governor Newsom seems to be positioning himself for a 2024 presidential run. Texas Governor Abbott signs controversial executive order, and we have some more info on an alleged rape of a minor in Ohio. I'm your host, Zach, and this is Zach's Fact Shack. Hello, and welcome back to Zach's Fact Shack. So, this is going to be a shorter episode today. Don't worry, it's not going to be too long. I do want to cover a few things, but I had to get an episode out for you. I, I haven't been doing enough of the Friday episodes for you, so I wanted to get one out today. So, let's just go ahead. Let's no further ado. Let's go ahead and just jump into the stories. So, if you've paid attention at all, you you've heard of Governor Newsom from California. He is an incredibly uh, left-leaning figure. He is absolutely, I would say, probably one of the worst governors that California has had to suffer through. I, I know that I don't live there. It's not my state. I don't care. But he has not done an amazing job. In fact, he was even, they even attempted to recall him. He's so bad. Well, it's it's not enough for him to ruin the state of California, apparently. He wants to make sure that the people who have fled the state of California get to hear his voice again. And so and now what he's doing, this happened over the 4th of July weekend, and I didn't get to cover it, but he is now running ads in Florida. Yes, I mean, he's the California governor. And he's running political ads in F- Florida. That doesn't make any sense unless he's getting ready to run for president. I don't know that for sure. Obviously, this you know who who knows what's going to happen. But it would definitely it would make sense. It would seem that that's the case. So that's what's going on. So let me let me run this ad for you and let 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 you listen to what he says. Here we go. It's Independence Day. So let's talk about what's going on in America. Freedom is under attack in your state. Your Republican leaders they're banning books, making it harder to vote, restricting speech in classrooms, even criminalizing women and doctors. I urge all of you living in Florida to join the fight or join us in California, where we still believe in freedom, freedom of speech freedom to choose, freedom from hate, and the freedom to love. Don't let them take your freedom. Paid for by Newsom for California Governor 2022. Okay, so it says it's paid for by his campaign for governor. But why would the governor be using money on an ad in a state that can't vote for him? I don't understand that. Let's let's look at what he he says. He's claiming, I'm I'm sorry, it's it's just funny to me. He's claiming that Florida is losing its freedom, and that California still has its freedom. I'm I'm sorry. I'm going to need you to explain that one to me, Mr. Newsom. Here's why. You don't let people do anything 
because of a pandemic that most people have already come to understand is beyond behind us. Yeah, I know right now there seems to be a growing number of people getting COVID, but yet there's not a growing number of people dying. That's staying relatively flat. This doesn't seem to be as deadly of a strain. It's turned into the common cold. I, I don't even know. I, I don't know why people are very worried about it. I know that there are people who are going to get really sick. Um, and I do I hope that they get better. I hope we find better treatments, kind of like the flu. It used to be that the flu was incredibly deadly for a lot of people. And now it's not. People will die with the flu every year. Thousands die with the flu every year. So they'd also die with the cold. There are, time, there are things that will happen, and there's nothing we can do about it. And it's unfortunate. I do hope that we find a better way to handle it, to be able to treat it. But you can't live your life based on that. And yet Gav- Governor Newsom requires that you live your life based off of that in California. That's what he requires. You're, you have to wear masks everywhere. You have to be triple, quadruple, hundred times over vaccinated. The, the, what freedom are you referring to? In fact, it's such a preposterous thing that somebody actually went and made a voiceover to replace the ad with what is really going on. Let's play this and let you let you hear what's going on. It's Independence Day. So let's talk about what's going on in America. Freedom is under attack in your state. Dictator Ron DeSantis incredibly lets you walk around without masks. That tyrant allows your kids to go to school during the pandemic, year two or four, or who the hell knows. I urge you living in Florida to join the fight. Or join us in California, where we'll take the money you earn and give it to people who don't work. Visit San Francisco, where you can walk through human feces. If you're lucky, you might step on a syringe. Check out Los Angeles, where gas is so expensive, your kids only need to skip a meal or two or ten to afford it. California, where freedom means lockdowns for you, while I go to the places you can't afford. Don't let them take your freedom. Come to California, where we'll take it, along with your money. So, like I said, it's it's a voiceover of the ad. If you actually, if you watch the ad, that that it has all of the stuff that he had playing over it. It has all the video and everything. Uh, it's just corrected with what's really going on in the state. Um, I thought it was funny. I, I I had to I had to play that and just let you see what what's really going on. See the the freedom that he's talking about. So the, one of the accusations in there is that. They are not allowing people to, they're not allowing teachers to speak or doctors to be doctors in the state of Florida. And that's just not true. What, what is, what he's referring to are, is likely uh, the, what was colloquially called, colloquially called the don't say gay bill. But here's the thing, that bill never had, it never said the word gay, not even once. In fact, all it said was that you could not talk about sexually explicit things until third grade. That's it. That's it. That's that's all. 
You couldn't talk about sexual orientation. You couldn't talk about transgenderism. You couldn't talk about heterosexual information until third grade. But after third grade, sure, whatever. That's not bad. No third grader should have to deal with sexual content. They're kids. Let them be kids, people. It's, it's not complicated. Or the other option was the banning of critical race theory being taught in schools. Now, critical race theory is the idea that everything is about race and that there is nothing good about our country at all. And that if you are white, you are inherently evil and inherently less than because you are white. Not because of anything else, but because you are white. Not because you did anything or said anything or thought anything, but because you're white. An immutable characteristic that you cannot change, you had no say-so in the matter of, that's what defines you according to critical race theory. That's what defines the country according to critical race theory. Now, I don't know about you, but I feel like I would prefer my kids not be taught that they are inherently inferior based on a characteristic that they cannot change. That used to be known as bigotry and racism. Now, it's just being critical of racism. But that's not, that, that's not the case at all. It is saying that there are people who are inferior solely because of the race that they were born into and the color of their skin. That's not okay. And it shouldn't be taught. So what else, what else did he accuse them of? Well, one of the things he accused them of is criminalizing women and doctors. Now, this is in reference to the abortion uh, bill that he signed that would ban most abortions after 15 weeks. Now, this law was put into place before Roe v. Wade and was done so in a way to try to challenge Roe v. Wade. Now, it, was, it, it ultimately went to, it was a uh, Mississippi court or Mississippi case that caused the court to act and not the Florida bill. But it was still, that's what it was designed for. But here's the thing. It doesn't criminalize women. Sorry, it doesn't. It doesn't criminalize women at all. What it does is it says that after 15 weeks, you cannot have an abortion except in the case to save the life of the mother. Now, I know that everybody's been up in arms saying that they can't have ectopic pregnancies. They'll die of those, and that's, that's illegal now. No, it's not. That's not true. In fact, that's not what is considered an abortion under the law. An abortion under the law is the idea of a procedure which would be considered a failure if the child survived. That is an abortion. And an ectopic pregnancy and other 
procedures like it are not considered abortions because there is no way for the child to live. In an ectopic pregnancy, the mother will die and the child will cease to develop. Therefore, the child will die already. In that case, it is better to lose one life than two. This law, that's all it says. It does not criminalize women. It does not criminalize doctors. I believe the closest it comes to criminalizing doctors is is, uh, if the doctor performs an abortion for any reason outside of saving the life of the mother after 15 weeks, then it becomes a a crime for the doctor who will have basically committed murder at that point. The other thing he accuses them of is banning books, of which they banned 40% of math books after a review. And the reason they did this was going back to the critical race theory. They had questions, like story problems. I remember growing up doing math and you'd have story problems. And, you know, Eddie had five apples. And if he ate three of them, how many would he have left? You know, like things like that. Only all of these math books had critical race theory questions in them. This is math. One plus one equals two. That's that's all that should be in there. But no, instead, it's critical race theory is impregnated into this book for math. We can't be having that. That that makes no That makes no sense. Why are we trying to cram down a social belief into our math books? That's why math books were removed. That's why those math books were removed. They were not teaching math. They were teaching a belief system. These are the accusations that this ad put. And they're easily, easily refuted. But yet he still made this video. I don't understand it, why he thought this was a good idea. I guess the strategists just, for the Democrats, so just don't understand normal human beings. I guess it's you know, kind of like the idea of, you know, Jill Biden just got in trouble because she called Latinos breakfast tacos. I, I've listened to that whole, I listened to that whole segment and, and I genuinely did not understand why she said said what she did uh, and it it wasn't like it was a gaffe or anything it was literally in the speech somebody wrote this speech and it makes no sense in fact you know Ted Cruz was talking about it and saying that that, that it reminded him of an SNL skit and then in fact if an SNL if SNL had written a skit to make fun of out of touch elitist democrats they could not have written a better skit than the speech that Jill Biden gave. That's, that's where we're at right now. Now, Governor Newsom, he's, that video is not the last thing he did. In fact, he went to the White House the day after President Biden left for Israel. Now, that seems odd to me. Usually when you go to the White House, you're going to meet the president. But the president had just left the day before to go out of country. So why is Newsom there? 
Is he measuring for the drapes? Like, is he, is he looking to see what, uh, what kind of furniture he can get in there real fast? You know, what is this? What's going on? I don't know. Um, I haven't seen many reports on it. It's kind of odd. I mean, I'm not saying that it's nefarious in any real way, but it is really, really odd. You have to admit that. It is really, really weird. Now, let's move to the Texas governor's executive order. This was signed on July 7th and is in response to over 5,000 migrants being apprehended apprehended over the July 4th weekend. Let me read to you what this says. Governor Greg Abbott today issued an executive order authorizing and empowering the Texas National Guard and the Texas Department of Public Safety to apprehend illegal immigrants with, who illegally crossed the border between ports of entry and return them to the border. The Biden administration's decision to end Title 42 expulsions and the remain in Mexico policy has led to an historic to historic levels of illegal crossings, creating a border crisis that has overrun communities along the border and across Texas. So my understanding of what this order says is that any illegal immigrant apprehended between ports of entry crossing illegally or found in the States by a traffic stop or whatever are to be taken to the border to a port of entry to be processed by the federal government. Now, I know this is a controversial executive order because my understanding is, is that there's questions as to whether it's legally able to be done by the governor because the border of the country is the sole jurisdiction of the federal government. No one else has power over it. No governors, no legislatures, state legislatures, none of that. No state courts, just the federal government. Now, I know that many uh, counties along the border have declared an invasion and are begging the governors of those states to do the same because the idea is that if it was declared an invasion, the governors could activate the national guards of their states to lock the border down as, and to, to treat it as an invasion. I don't know if it will work or not. It is definitely an interesting idea um, to see. I would like to see if it would work or not. Now, I'm not sitting here with the idea that people who cross the border illegally are somehow inhuman or should be treated barbarically or anything like that. I'm not saying that at all. What I am saying is that we, as the United States, are not like most countries. A lot of countries, Germany, France, Spain, a lot of countries... What holds them together as a country is a common ancestry, a common culture, a common uh, ethnicity. Germany is filled with Germans now. Or they have many, many immigrants, absolutely. But they are a country that is inherently German. They have laws that they follow, but they are a country based off of the exists to begin with that was created 
for the purpose of uniting the German people. America is not that. America was not founded because it was a unification of American people because the people who lived in America at the time of the founding were vastly different. They were incredibly unique in different parts of the country. It had nothing to do with any other parts of the country. America, more than any other country on the planet, is a nation of laws. We are held together by our laws and by our common belief in freedom and liberty. Without these things, we fall apart. The law of the land currently states that it is illegal to cross the border between the ports of entry, and yet we are not enforcing this law. We are picking and choosing which laws we will enforce and which laws we will not enforce. When that becomes the norm, when that becomes okay, we are no longer a nation of laws. And it becomes very, very difficult to hold us together as a nation. We have no common ethnicity. We have no common ancestry. We don't even have a common religion to hold us together as a nation. When we stop enforcing or selectively start, if we start to selectively enforce laws in our country, we will fall apart. The crossings on the border are a symptom of a much greater evil. And that is a lack or a loss of respect for the Constitution. Right now, you are looking at two different Americas. One America says that the Constitution, as it is written, is what we should follow. What does it say? Let's do it. And another side of America that says... I don't care about the Constitution. I want what I want. Now, I'm not saying how large either one of those divisions are. But what I am saying is that those two thoughts, those two belief systems are incompatible with the other. It used to be that when we would argue with each other, at some point we came to the idea and understanding that we were both looking for the best for America. And that we both knew that in the end, the Constitution was what we were both looking at. Maybe we we disagreed on what it meant, but at least we looked to the Constitution to guide us in how we were going to act with each other. That's not the case anymore for a vast majority of Americans. They look at one side and it says, I don't care about the Constitution. I want what I want. And they look at the other side and they say, I care about the Constitution more than anything else. 
this executive order is necessary due to a lack of respect for the Constitution. For a lack of respect of our country and our history. And it saddens me that that's the case. I simply want a just and even enforcement of the laws on the books as they are written or an, a democratic process to change those laws. Until that happens, this, this, this situation will not be resolved. When people think that they can come into our country unopposed, unchallenged, because it is the greatest country on the planet, they are beating down the doors to get in here. But if they don't respect the laws of this land to get here, many will not respect the laws of the land when they are here. Now, I said many, not all. I understand more than many people who are listening to this podcast just how unique each person is that crosses the border illegally. I know people personally who have done so. And I also know that these people have worked their tail off to correct what they did. And they have now done so. They are now here legally. They are not citizens, but they are here legally. And they are working and they are adding to our culture. They're adding to our economy. They are paying taxes. They're raising children. They are good, good people. But here's the thing. If you are living in your house and you go to bed at night, you lock your door. For most people. Some people still live so out far out in the country that if anybody got in there, they'd be that they, they, they must be your family. But for the vast majority of people, you lock your door. Why? Because you want to have the chance to wake up and when somebody comes into your house that's not supposed to be there, you want to have the chance to wake up and say, hey, who that is? That's all I'm asking for. Let's lock the door. Let's bring, in, let's bring the people to the, to the ports of entry. Let's figure out who they are, why they're coming in. Are they going to be good people or bad people? Just like you, you have a job interview. Right, it's because your business, your 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 job is wanting to know: Are you going to be good for the business or bad for the business? They don't always get it right, but it's much better than somebody just walking in the back door of the Chick Fil A kitchen and just you know starting to make food. That wouldn't work. That person would be run out on a rail. Why? Why do we have more security for the people who make our chicken sandwiches? than for the border of our country. It makes no sense to me. Not, no sense at all. But maybe, maybe, maybe one day it will. Who knows? Maybe Chick-fil-A will teach our government how to hire 
people, how to get people to come in the front door instead of the back door. I, I don't know. Uh, again, I, I go back to this. I, I just want the rules, the laws on the book to be evenly and fairly and justly enforced, not decided, not picking and choosing when you're going to enforce a law, but simply enforcing it because it is the law. That's all I want. Now, after Roe v. Wade was overturned, there were many horror stories that were immediately spun around by the media and with little to no verification of whether they were true or not. And one such story was a story of a alleged 10-year-old girl who was a rape victim and was taken to Indiana to have an abortion because she couldn't get one in Ohio. There were many people who said that this was not a real story because the DA for Ohio came out and said that there was no police report at all in the state about a case like this. And that the doctor who this girl had to go to to be told that she couldn't have an abortion and that she needed to go to Indiana was the mandatory reporter and had not would would be in trouble because they had not reported the rape well it's been a few days now and they have arrested a man that confessed to raping a 10-year-old girl twice his name is Gershon Fuentes who is 27 this was a 10-year-old girl He was a 27-year-old man. Oh, how I wish this story was not real. There is no torture justifiable. There is no torture that could be inflicted on this person that would justly pay him back for what he has done. There is I do not know what the laws of Ohio are for the rape of a 10-year-old child. But this man deserves the death penalty by the cruelest means possible. He has forfeited all right to life. And who knows, maybe just maybe prison justice will take care of them. I know I shouldn't say that. I know I shouldn't think that I shouldn't feel that as a believer, I should forgive, but I'm going to need God to give me the ability to forgive this. The evil 
that this man has committed. There is no words I can say to talk about how disgusting this man is, this animal. But what I also want to talk about is a couple of things. This man was here illegally. He crossed the border and was in Ohio illegally. That part of the story is not talked about much by the the mainstream media, but it is part of the story that needs to be told. This is a man who should never, never have been here. This crime should never have been committed. And yet it was. I will say that the Ohio Attorney General did state that this 10-year-old girl would have been able to have an abortion in the state because this is a life-threatening situation where her body is not prepared to carry the child to term and would likely die. According to what I'm reading, I am not a medical expert and do not know. But he is saying that this would be more than likely perfectly legal for her to be able to have an abortion. Now, here's what I will say. The tragedy, the horror of this story causes you to question a lot of things. It makes you want to instinctively react and say, oh, no, abortion has to be illegal now. This is, this is terrible. You shouldn't have to make anybody carry a child. But I have to go back to this. I do have to ask this question. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that I have the answers. But I have to ask this question. What? did the child do to deserve death? What did the child do to deserve death? Again, I am not saying that I have the answers here. I'm not saying that I can, that I'm right. But what I am saying is that these are questions we have to answer and then we can move forward. If you're going to ignore this question, though, I think you're going to be wrong. No matter what you choose, you're going to be wrong. This is not an easy and simple answer to this question. This child was traumatized by the evil actions of a man. And to carry the child inside of her would traumatize her even more. But the innocent child inside of her 
is equally innocent to the girl. I don't have an answer. I don't have what should you do. I, I can't tell you. I know many people will say, oh, of course, sir, it's just abort the child. Like, and then some will say, no, you can't abort the child. But I don't know. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. Except that my heart goes out to this girl and to her family. I hope she gets justice. I hope this man is removed from existing. Because I do not think that there is any good left in him. I do not think there is a redeemable part to him. I am very glad that I am not the judge of his soul. Because I know that I am, I have things, my thoughts alone would would make me worth killing, I'm sure. But sometimes I think that there comes a point that you have committed such a heinous crime that you forfeit the right to life. And I think he has done that. All right, guys, I told you this is going to be a little bit shorter of an episode. I didn't realize it was going to be that little bit shorter. We're only about five minutes shorter than the last episode, but I am done with this. I have covered what I needed to cover. I gave you an episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I know that we uh, got a little dark there at the end, but you know what? Sometimes you just have to cover the stories as they come. You have to let the truth come out. You have to talk about it, but that's all we're going to do today. Until next time, I will see you guys back on Tuesday. This is your host, Zach, and this is Zach's Fact Shack. <laughs>